Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 413. I'm your host, Chris We just watched the Western Finals and the Eastern Finals, and we watch football today. Why? Because it's playoff time, and uh, June is a very long time away. You know, yes, I'm a BC Lions fan, and yes, I watch these football games. Why? Because June is a long ways away, and I don't want to watch some football I want to watch as much football as I can until then and so we got one more game it's called a great cup which really mean, doesn't mean too much of anything to uh eight seven teams okay seven team fans don't mean it doesn't mean shit to most of us okay but we're still going to watch it because we're fans of the CFL and football and June is a long time away Okay, so uh, it has been decided now that the Eastern representative to the Grey Cup is going to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Western representative is going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But really, are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a Western team or an Eastern team? I don't know. They keep flipping back and forth. So is this really an all-Eastern final? Uh, I don't know. Could it be? Maybe it could be. It could have been at one point in time. I don't know. So, no, the crossover did not work again. Yes, Edmonton lost. Uh, But, you know, when you're the fourth place in the West and you're going up against the first place in the East, uh, what do you expect? Okay, we just kind of expected that to happen, right? Uh, Hamilton was the favorite in there. And uh, Winnipeg, although Winnipeg did finish third in the West, they were the favorite in this game. In my opinion, they were. Anyhow, they became the favorite for the Grey Cup as soon as Zach Calero signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, I know a lot of people just booed, hissed, and everything else when Zach Claros was uh, signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They said, what the hell are they doing? Well, they're trying to win a great cup, and they were smart enough to do this, and they they hired one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL, and it's proving it's, – it's paying spades right now, man. It's just paying dividends. And um, so Winnipeg Blue Bombers were the favorite, in my opinion, coming into this game, and Saskatchewan – uh, lived up to their expectations. They did everything they could to hand this game to Winnipeg. I don't understand it. And as Rod Peterson said today, um, uh, God and the refs tried to do everything in their power for the Riders to win this game, but the team couldn't uh, help themselves out. And that's probably the truth. I don't know. I, I watched parts of the game here, there, and everywhere else. Uh, I don't really think there was that bad of officiating, although a lot of people are complaining and whining about it going both ways, as there always is, because, you know, every fan base has to bitch about the the, the refs, because uh, it just it goes that way. So, uh, anyhow, yeah, so we've got a Grey Cup next weekend. I think it's next weekend. And uh, it's going to be Hamilton and uh, Winnipeg. And it's in Calgary, which always doesn't make sense, you know. I understand they have to figure out where it was, but, you know, mm. Anyhow, um, so yeah, it's going to be in Calgary, and uh, Will's going there, and so is his best friend buddy uh, from Winnipeg, who's flying out to watch the game, and that's a cool thing, and we're going to talk to Will in a minute, and what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the whole policies. I Charles built the agenda. We're going to talk about Dave Dickinson and his dislike of the NFL window. We're going to talk about Sergio Castillo. Why was he released by the BC Lions? Hmm. But. Uh, the Vanier Cup matchup is the Calgary Dinos and the uh, Montreal Car- Carabines. 
Uh, what's going to happen with Danny Machocha? Is he going to end up in Montreal? Is he going to stay in Mo- with the Carabinas? Uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about that one, see what happens. Uh, Taylor Loeffler. Oh, my God, really? Wally Buono's working for the Owls. That's kind of weird. He started with the Owls. You know, he was a linebacker with the Montreal Alouettes long before he became a coach in Calgary or coach and general manager and God in BC. And um, Bakari Grant now retires for the 28th time. Okay, so let, we're going to talk some football, and I'm going to bring on the panel right now. Uh, let's see who we do. And uh, bring on uh, who, who, who's going to be Charles Cliff. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Interesting day today. It was, wasn't it? To say the least. <laughs> yep, especially that second game. The first game wasn't bad, but it was kind of over by about the third quarter, uh, or at least midway through the third quarter. But the second game was literally down to the last well, play, and you never knew what Ed, we did. Ed, kept trying to make a game of it. The thing was they did, but the problem was every time they did something good, Hamilton would would match it right away. Yeah. And they never let Edmonton get any sort of rhythm going. Um, as soon as they'd score a touchdown, Hamilton would go right back and score a touchdown and completely destroy their momentum. Yeah, yeah I know. And it's sad when that happens, but it did happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. It did, but it, it is what it is. Both the teams oh. I picked went through, so. Yeah. Cody yep. Fajardo's making excuses now. I did not see that. Uh, Fajardo reveals he played the Western Final with two torn oblique muscles. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't have been playing then, you idiot. Pretty much, right? I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. But I thought he actually played quite well today for the most part. The only problem is they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And they, God knows they had a lot of chances. But, well, I guess we'll go over all of this during the game review. So I don't want to go into too much. Okay. Well, then let's move on and talk to Will. Right. How you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm here. I am looking so forward to next Sunday because I get to see, who's the halftime show? <laughs> Keith Urban. Keith What's Urban, his name? Yeah. Keith Urban. Keith, Keith Urban. Urban. I'm, so, I'm, I'm so excited. Can you feel the sarcasm? <laughs> yes. I hope it's going to be a but good game. But don't you usually go out for a smoke at halftime? Yes, I do, sir. I won't see any of the halftime show. Sorry. Keith Urban, until we meet next time, I'm not interested. Once again... We all have our things, and my philosophy is, have you ever been to concert where they have a football game at halftime or at intermission no. time? Never. Never. People talk about the halftime show all the while. Like, who cares? Okay? But that's just me. That's all I'm saying. So if we had a big halftime show at every football game, would everybody go? I don't think so. You never know. I might. They had a football game at but, halftime of a concert. I might go. I might go to that too. Um, I do watch the football games they do have during the regular season at halftime with the little guys because those are always fun to watch. But uh, 
Yeah, um, you know what? It should be a pretty good game next week, I'm thinking. Um, even though uh, Hamilton has beat the Bombers twice this season, they have never played them when they have Cody or when they have uh, Zach Kolaris. And that is the that is the difference. That is the difference. And and just I mean, how many times have we said on the show this year that the Bombers will never win a Grey Cup with Matt Nichols? We didn't say anything about uh, Zach Polaris. So our record still stands well. So we'll see. But that Hamilton team looks awfully good. That's all so, I'm going to say. I, I have a question for you here. What happens yep. if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the Grey Cup with Zach Caleros as the quarterback? What happens yep. to Matt Nichols? What happens to Zach Caleros? No. My question is what happens to all their quarterbacks because they're all free agents. Oh, well, I, I understand that. So now, and and let's take this one step further. Did I not understand that the Bombers trade for Zach Kolaris? They got a third round pick, but if he started or if he got to the Grey Cup or if he won the Grey Cup, that moves to a first round pick, I do believe. So the Bombers could be giving up a first round pick and have no quarterback. Correct. Wouldn't wouldn't that no, be they have to sign Caleros in the offseason? Oh, they have to sign Caleros. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, yeah, so, we know that's yeah, not happening. And, and and I mean the Bombers are in a kind of a ridiculous position. Like, what do they do? If Zach Caleros wins the Great Cup, what do they do? I don't know. It's it's a tough one, isn't do it? Because I think Zach Caleros they, is gone from Winnipeg, no matter what. He's going to Toronto. Well, no, but do they do they throw so. a do they throw a truckload of money at him? Because money always talks. But he still has that possibility of on the first play from scrimmage next season, he gets concussed. That's the problem. Can you trust him yes. for a full season? It's I one know. thing for a three, four game stretch like he's had with the Bombers now. Right. But there's still that problem with a, a full game season with his history of concussions. Never has he completed yeah. a season. Never. Never That's in his problem. career. That's where you got to be worried about. Or do the Bombers uh, switch to a fresh start and sign Chris Strebler and Nick Arbuckle? There's a thought. It's a big thought. It's a big thought. Okay, welcome to the show, Phil. How you doing? My condolences. Well, I'm I'm listening into uh, what Will McDonald is saying, and uh, he's raising some interesting points. Uh, I'll start with the light-hearted one. I'm like him uh, in that I don't watch uh, halftime shows unless I know in advance there's going to be a uh, wardrobe malfunction. And on the the subject of Zach Caleros, the way Zach Caleros has spoken since the Bombers have signed him, if he wins a Grey Cup, he he is going to sign with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the offseason. You think? Even though he's got a new home in Toronto. That's my opinion. 
Uh, yeah, of course. You're welcome to your opinion, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, he's going to get offered good money in Toronto. Toronto offered huge money to Bo Levi. Uh, I think Zach's a better quarterback. So, uh, although he's not quite as stable. I mean, I do like Bo Levi Mitchell's philosophy on running. Run? What the hell do I want to run for? Um, I could get hurt. I, I could get hurt. And Zach should take his philosophy and understand it and do with it. And he's not the only one. I think Mike Riley should, should pay attention to that as well. Yeah, Zach doesn't need to be a running quarterback anymore at all, really. No, uh, no. Well, he can win a game with his arm. That's field. a good thing, right? The way he sees the field and moves around in the pocket, uh, you know, he's the closest thing the CFL has to Tom Brady, in my opinion. He's an amazing quarterback. You know, I I don't know how many years and, I've been saying this, and for I don't know how many years everybody looks at me and as if I'm a fucking lunatic. And uh, I have, and it, he he is. He's just he's he's. I say he's the most talented quarterback in the CFL today. He's, well, he's the full meal deal. But today. During the game, the once or twice time he ran, I held my breath, okay? Yes. It was like, oh, don't do that. Just throw the ball away. Yes. There was a lot of people praying that don't normally pray. Yes. Okay. No, I think that's been overblown, too, and I, that's why the, the Rough Riders traded him. Because particularly in Saskatchewan, uh, I think I mentioned this on the program a couple months ago, when they did trade him, I mentioned a couple things at that time. I personally wish that the Riders hadn't traded him because he would have been very useful to the Riders in the last couple of games. Yeah, he came out of the ass, didn't he? Exactly. And not only that, but he would have been the starter the last couple of games, including this Western final, had he been with the team. And as ready as you can see, he's been to play in back-to-back games versus the Calgary Stampeders and in the Western final. Uh, the Riders would have been unstoppable all the way through to the Grey Cup if uh, Zach Claros had ended up being our starter for the last two or three weeks. I mean, seriously, where would the Bombers have been without him? Oh, they were going nowhere without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. they weren't. They, but, would, they would have lost that last regular season game and gone into the Western semifinal with their heads down and lost handily to the Calgary Stampers. That's quite possible. <coughs> what happened? Where's Mark? Mark, come into Is the Mike show and there? talk to us. I'm right here. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes, I quite enjoyed my day of watching football. And, Will, you're absolutely correct. Well, we all were. Um, Matt Nichols isn't making those long throws today that Caleros did and completing them. No. No. In the first half, they tried four passes over 25 yards. I don't know if Nichols tried that many in three or four games. In the whole season he played. Uh, (laughs) It's... 
it's really interesting to see what Caleros can do with a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun to watch. With him. And, and as for him next year, I don't care whether we sign him or not. I'll worry about that in a week and a half. Yep, I can understand that. Need to keep him upright for one more week. That's all we got to do. Yep. And can you do that against Mo Lawrence? Well, the the revenge factor will certainly be out there for him. Hey, and you know what? Here, here's something I here's something I I don't really I don't normally have a heart. Okay, but for all the shit that Zach Kolaris has gone through, it would be nice to see him win a Grey Cup. Yep, I agree. Yep. I I 100% agree. And if it was only up to Zach Kolaris, if it was between my choice between Zach Kolaris and Brandon Bridge or Brandon Banks, you guys all know where my, my loyalty lies. But I can't watch the Bombers. I can't cheer for the Bombers to win this year. Not this year. On the Hamilton side of it, though, Will, it would be pretty cool to see Hyra Lahu get a cup ring as well as um, Jeff Reinbold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No. No, I'd rather see Zach win. Sorry. Well, yeah, so would I. Trust me, so would I. I'd rather see Zach win. That mighty sportsmanship of you, uh, Mark. I like Hyrulahu. He went through shit here. And as much as he was possibly one of the worst head coaches in Bomber history, I love Jeff Reinbold. I really Jeff do. Reinbold's I think he's awesome. an awesome guy. Uh, he is. Yeah. I, I like that guy. I've, I've met John, uh, Jeff Reinbold twice on, on airplanes and had, had long conversations with him both times. He's a very, very interesting and, and very likable guy. Yep. He tried hard. He tried really hard as a head coach. He just sucked. Yeah, but, but that try. was 100 years yeah. ago, right? Yep. And that's okay. No. Not everybody yeah, no. can be good at everything. Exactly. No. He's a great He's awesome special person. teams coach. Yeah, always has been. So I don't know. It just I've been trying to figure it out. And I, I I it's one of those gray cups where you really don't want I don't know. I was gonna say you don't want anybody to win, but you I kinda do. I, I want the Thai cats to come and break their gray cup out <coughs> and get it over with. No, I'll cheer for the bombers. We'll have a walk-off field, winning field goal by Liam Hiralahu. And as he does or it, he as, just flips the bird over at Wade Miller. Or as as or as or we used to call him in the, on this podcast, Hula Hoop. Hula Hoop. Yeah, I, I, I think a walk-off game-winning field goal by Hiralahu. Oh, that would be awesome. There's certainly no shortage of um, storylines going into this one, that's for sure. Nope, not at all. Okay. Nope. Let's go talk some football. 
We've kind of been doing that, but not really. So the first game was the uh, Eastern Final, and it had a Western team. It's called the crossover. And it didn't work for Edmonton so well this time. And uh, I love their little motto, why not us? Your motto's negative. Okay? I hate negative mottos. Why not? You never use the word not in a why not us? Come on. Really? I'm not there. I don't I don't I'm not liking this motto. Anyhow, uh they failed. Why not you? Cuz you lost. Uh Hamilton Tiger Cats probably the best team in the CFL. Best record in the CFL, definitely number 1 team in the CFL. But that was because Winnipeg didn't have Zach Claris the whole season. And they do now. And that's going to kind of tip the scale a little bit in the Grey Cup game. But, well, let's find out how. Let's just talk about this Edmonton-Hamilton game. I'm going to start off with Charles. You go ahead, buddy. Why not you? Because you weren't good enough. Um, Yeah, I I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. But what really happened is that the Hamilton Tiger Cats took away any momentum that uh, the Edmonton Eskimos had at any time. Whenever they would get a touchdown or something good would happen, evidently Hamilton turned it right around and took any momentum they could get for it away to the point where it got to about the third quarter, about the midway point of the third quarter. And at that point, you knew this game was a lost cause for the Eskimos, that they were not coming back to win. Uh, Brandon Banks um, had... Well, a Brandon Banks-type game. He was uh, excellent in this game again. Uh, eight catches, 130 yards. Excuse me, I'm looking at Braylon Addison, who was also good. Nine catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Braylon Addison, eight catches, 130 yards. Uh, it was just, um, they dominated. And, and talk about a young quarterback starting his first-ever playoff game Talk about passing with flying colors. Dane Evans, 386 yards passing. Uh, a huge game. Trevor Harris was 319. Um, C.J. Gable did not give them enough running on the ground, only 55 yards. Um, it just, Hamilton got up in this lead. Uh, they jumped out to a 13 nothing lead after the first quarter. And they just really didn't give Edmonton really any open doors to get back in it. Edmonton got 13 points back in the in the uh, second quarter, but Hamilton scored 10 and still had a 10-point lead in the third uh, going into the second half. And you just, at that point, like I said, about midway through the third quarter, you could tell this game was, was over and Edmonton was not coming back in this one. Uh, that um, Hamilton defense just put up a wall in the second half, holding Edmonton to just three points, and that was that. I mean, Hamilton looks like they're firing on all cylinders heading into the Grey Cup, and they were full value for this win. And uh, the Eskimos, uh, they were able to steal one out of Montreal uh, last week, but uh, this week it just wasn't in the cards for them. Agreed 100%. William, over to you, buddy. Well, I can't disagree with anything Charles said. I don't even think – I think the, the game was – the outcome was from the very beginning. I think it showed Hamilton really wanted this, and they came out firing at all cylinders. 
and uh, Brandon Banks, and I'm I'm the same as Christopher. I don't like Brandon Banks, but Brandon Banks is quite a talented player, and he's probably the most talented player out there, to be honest with you. And he played well today. Dane Evans, you can't say anything about him, except Hamilton's got a really cheap quarterback for the next two years. And Jeremiah Mazzoli, where you going? Okay? Because um, they got to keep Dane Evans because he's got them to the Grey Cup and he could possibly win the Grey Cup. And even if he doesn't win the Grey Cup, it has nothing to do with him. Um, not winning it. Um uh, not much you can say about this game. I think one of the keys to the game is uh, Edmonton's running back did not have the game that he had last week, and I think that made it easier on Edmonton's passing game. And I just wanted to throw in that some of the stars, I don't know if you guys noticed some of the stars in today's games. There was Devaris Daniels, ex-Calgary player. There was... Atande Adelike, ex-Calgary player. There is Jagarin Davis, ex-Calgary player. I just want to mention how the Stampeders spread their love around the league on a regular basis. Makes a lot of teams better. Just had you, to throw you know, that well, in there. You are starting to sound like a Ryder fan, making everything about you. I, I, I know. I, I, it's, all, it's all about the Stampeders. We've left okay. our impression on the entire league, but I was trying my hardest to figure out what Stampeder plays for Winnipeg and oh there you go Stanley Bryant he's an ex-Stampeder and he's going to be the best offensive lineman in the CFL this year it's all the love Calgary gives all the other teams by not paying their players anyways that was my segment go ahead guys it's just Hamilton simply outclassed the Edmonton Eskimos. Bar none, straight down the thing, all about it. They just simply outclassed they're, they're them today. A, they're, a better, they're a better team. It's that simple. They are. Yeah. The, the outcome was never in question. The Anybody who thought that the Edmonton Eskimos was going to win this game was was delusional. And, yes, I picked the Edmonton Eskimos because nobody else did. So, moving on. Um, Phil. Well, I'd like to address what Mr. Will McDonald said first. Um, I, I don't think he realizes yet, but he just described a breakdown of the Calgary Stampeders that happened previous to this season, spreading their talent around the league. And you know what I've said, I've, I've made little quirks all season at about $700,000 quarterbacks. I think it's going to be quite difficult for the Calgary Stampeders to return to form. And I'd like to predict right here and now a uh, third place finish in 2020. Let's get back to the game. Well, well, that's just, the reason. The, the reason, the reason the Stampeders can't keep their players is they want to go over the salary cap like some Saskatchewan teams do. Uh, that's a fallacy. That's a fallacy that's been uh, been forwarded. Uh, and, uh, excuse and me. Perpetu- 
perpetuated by Excuse by Christopher me? Jones. Christopher Jones in particular has per- perpetuated that fallacy. Um, it's not a fallacy. It's fact. Every time the writers never have seen any break up, they've been over the salary cap. They cheated. That's not a fallacy. That's a fact. If you, if holy shit, do you honestly believe that garbage? They've been mild, mildly over the cap, but they're not the only team that has been over the cap in the past. Let's not rewrite history here. Oh, okay, okay, Phil. Okay, whoa, you brought this one up, buddy. Let, I, I'm going to hit you with it. How many times has the Saskatchewan Rough Riders been over the salary cap? I, I believe three times. Four. Okay. Can you name me one other team in the CFL that's been over the salary cap? Yeah, but... But uh, I think if you Come total on. at least no 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 you total this, come into this the, thing the and say that I'm wrong time. and that I'm I'm spreading bullshit. I want you to come up with some facts now because I know that there's but three other teams. Slightly, there's three other teams in the CFL that have been over small. the salary cap. The entire league hasn't been over the salary cap as many times as Saskatchewan has. Montreal, yeah, Winnipeg, but, but, and Hamilton have been over the cap once each. That's it. Saskatchewan but over the cap three four times. We're heavily, heavily over the cap. Perpetually. And we haven't seen what the actual Montreal numbers are either from last year in this. Uh, that's kind of under wraps. It wasn't, they weren't over so, the cap last year. That's simple. The league passed them. The league passed hey, the them. The auditor said the, they were not they over the cap. They did Are you talking about this year or last? Uh. It was going into this year uh, projection and and last, if I remember correctly, this uh, happened in the off season. No, 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 no. Oh, in well, the off season, yeah, every team is season. audited. Okay, we would have heard, and I follow this better than anybody. We would have heard if any of these teams were over the cap last year. Not one single team was over the cap salary cap. Not I one. understood that was the problem in Montreal. That's why they were uh, re-audited by the by the league when they took them over and found uh, uh, discrepancies in their reporting to, towards the cap. Significant discrepancies, if you remember. And well, Davis Reed got uh, fired because he was, yeah. he was doing things that were unethical, but that was the season. Yes, we know they could have been doing it last year, but you would have thought that they would have come out and done that. So, this has got nothing to do with that. You told you you on this air, like not less than five minutes ago, said that I was spreading fallacies about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders being over the cap. No, they won the a Great Cup of twice, seasons, and both seasons. A couple of those seasons, they were. They can't win a Great Cup without being over the cap. Christopher, a couple, at least a couple of those seasons, they were a hundred and low thousands over the cap. Like doesn't matter. Grazing it. It doesn't matter. If you're cheating, you're cheating. It doesn't matter. You can't be a little bit pregnant. You cheat or you don't. There's no different degrees of cheating. Accounting is a little loose in Saskatchewan. No, they're morally and ethically bankrupt as an organization. They do not understand the rules of the league and how to follow them. They don't give a shit. Okay. You, you, you've really pissed me off on this one, Phil, because you turned around and just called me a liar. No, I didn't. Didn't I? Didn't mean to call you, you a liar. You said I'm spreading fallacies. 
What would you say I that that just meant? I thought you were taking it out of context because of the value that the riders were over it, the It cap. doesn't matter it's about so the minimal. value. You're either over the salary cap or you're not. I don't care if they were over the cap by a penny. They were over the cap. They cheated. They cheated in both what, of their Grey Cup victories. Both what's of them. one pound of air in a football? Well, ask Tom Brady. It's called cheating. I got to step off the podcast for a second. I have a call coming in. Sure. <laughs> Who hasn't gone on this game yet? Uh, Mark. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, I can go real quick. I didn't see a lot of the game I was working earlier today. I did try to catch up on some of it after the Bomber game. But Hamilton just showed that they're the best team in the CFL right now. Yeah, they're full marks for the 15 and three record, and nine and zero. Well, I guess ten and zero at home now. Um, they really did, from what I saw in the highlights and everything, especially in the second half. They just dominated. Brandon Banks did his usual highlight real catch for a touchdown. Yeah, it's just you see something like that, it demoralizes the team. And Trevor Harris went back to being Trevor Harris. When the ball's in his hand in a big game, this is what happens. It's too bad. Part of me wanted to see a West-West game. Uh, But now the Bombers are in the Grey Cup. Or, don't sorry, Hamilton's in the Grey Cup. And it'll be against the Bombers for the first time since 1984. It's an interesting one. Uh, But, no, Hamilton definitely was... Full marks for the victory. They just dominated, especially defensively. Evans doesn't even have to do a lot because that defense just shuts teams down. So that's it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, look at this. Thanks, buddy. What happened to your head? Um, I just like took like this and oh, I just. Um, I just did like this, and the board just hit me. And the board just hit you? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that black eye will go away. Okay, guys. How you doing? Say hey, hi to me. Jace. I just said hi to Jace. <laughs> my my grandson's here. That's He's got this big, big welt on his forehead here. <laughs> I think he stepped on a rake, and it came up and hit him in the head. And that's the five-year-old, right? Uh, well, he's not quite five. He's not five till March, but yeah. Okay, but yeah, he's close to five. That's your first nice. one, isn't it? That's correct. He's very articulate. Uh-huh. Same as mine. Yeah. So. Okay, so uh, where are we going now? Let's talk about this game here. Okay, what was the final score in this game? It was 36 to 16. Is that correct? 33 to 16? I don't know. Let's get up to the top here. Uh, 36 to 16. 20-point spread. Hamilton slapped the Edmonton Eskimos around a little bit. And uh, we got uh, Will. You picked the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win 56 to 18. You were pretty close on the Edmonton score. Out by uh, 20 points on the Hamilton score. So you're kind of like not. Yeah, there. Hamilton uh, Hamilton disappointed me. They should have scored more. They should have scored no more. No killer instinct. Uh, no killer instinct. Uh, Hamilton. Uh, Mark, you picked them 28-23. Close game. 
five point spread, you're kind of off by a bunch. I'm going to give this one to uh, to Charles. It's a ten point spread of Hamilton thirty three and Yay. the uh, Edmonton twenty three. Uh, you're out by ten points. Works for me. And uh, uh, CJ, uh, you lost because you picked Edmonton, but you did that on purpose, and we didn't get any scores from Phil. Okay, next game up was the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game. Uh, this is the Western final. It actually was in uh, like a, a real time. Okay, it wasn't like breakfast. And uh, here we go. Let's talk about this game. Charles, I'm going to let you go again first. All right. Well, uh, this one was interesting. For me, as someone who really is not attached to either one of these teams, um, this one was a really fun one to watch. Uh, it was really actually, for the most part, a very good defensive battle. I thought both defenses played very well in this game. Um, the it's just, the thing was, this game was there for the taking for the, um... Ed, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, um, they um, had chance after chance after chance to take this game over, and they couldn't. They they botched numerous chances where they could have uh, take won this game right down to the final sec, final play of the game when they had a chance to score a touchdown and Cody Fajardo. Uh, hits the uh, crossbar, and that's how the Riders' season ends with a crossbar shot. Um, it was not um, the greatest kind of day poetic. The, kind of it was, and uh, very poetic. Also, kind of to see uh, Zach Caleros come back to bite the team that that got rid of him and bite him on the ass. Um, Yes, if you saw that uh, picture I posted earlier of uh, the quote from um, Jeremy O'Day after he traded Zach Calero saying, we felt it was the best thing to do for the organization. I wonder if he still feels that way tonight. Probably not. Um, look, you're down at the one-yard line on third and goal. You've got a quarterback who, what has he got, um, uh, two, two torn, torn oblique muscles. muscles. Why on earth? Why in the hell are you giving him the ball? You know that uh, the bombers are putting up a wall, so you give the guy with two torn oblique muscles the ball to um, try to um, uh, get into the end zone. It just didn't make any sense. You've got William Powell in your backfield who is second in the CFL in rushing, and I believe was first the year before, and is an excellent running back. He's smaller, but he can still be a very tough runner, and you're giving a guy with two torn oblique muscles the ball to try and make the one yard. It just made absolutely zero sense to do that. Then there was a previous drive where they, I think, were also at the two-yard line, and they just completely screwed up, uh, botched a handoff. They were trying to do a fake, I think, to Manny Arsenault, 
and then they were going to give it to William Powell, but they botched the timing. Powell and I think it was the backup quarterback for the Riders actually bump into each other, and they end up getting sacked back at the 10-yard line. So that took away any shot they would have had to try and go for it on third down. It, it was just a comedy of errors for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They were given all of the chances to win there. I mean, look, look at that late play where it looked like the Bombers, I think it was Sayers was about to pick the ball off, and it hits him in the hands, and Moore makes the catch to put them inside the five-yard line. They were they had every chance to win this game and just kept shooting themselves in the foot right down to the final play. I mean, uh, it was just unreal. Um they had, this game was there for the taking for the riders. They just didn't take it. It was just um uh I don't know. But I mean and give give um also I I'm talking a lot about the riders giving away, but you gotta give huge credit to Zach Caleros. He was fantastic in this game. Uh two hundred and sixty seven yards. It, no offense to Matt Nichols, all right, maybe a, a little but they are 100% a different and, in a good way, team with Zach Kaler as a quarterback as opposed to Matt Nichols. They're it's a not dangerous even team. Oh, they're an extremely dangerous team. That, that's, that, that's not to, to be disputed at all. And I thought the Bomber defense was fantastic in this game. They had a goal line stand, and they just they were not giving up a, an inch. They, gave, they made uh, Saskatchewan work for everything. And they just weren't able to take advantage of it. Um, uh, the like I said, the this game was there for the taking for the Riders, and they just didn't take it. As uh, simple as that. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot right down to the last play. So it was a uh, it was an exciting game right down to the wire. But in the end, the better team won the game today. But um, yeah, the Riders had their shots and just. Yeah. It just seemed any way they could to screw up and blow a, a chance, uh, they did that. So that's the way it was. <laughs> it was a scary game. Mark, talk about this game and try to keep it in a 10,000 words or less, okay? I know, you're a Winnipeg Blue no. Bomber fan, and you're excited. No, I'm not going to keep it 10,000 words or less. <laughs> um, yes, you are. I'm going to mute you if you don't. <laughs> you can't mute me. I phoned in. <laughs> um, this was one of the most bizarre games I've watched in a long time for the ending. Watch this. Do you guys hear Mark hey. anymore? You can mute him. I don't know where he got that idea. I don't know why he thinks I can't mute him. He's muted right now. He can talk all he wants. He can't. We can't hear you. Okay, I'll open your mic up again. Jesus. There we go. There you're back. I can mute you, by the way. I have full control. You You had told me you couldn't mute me. Never, never, never. Anyway, I don't want to waste any more of my 10,000 words. Um, yeah, this game had everything. Ridiculous refing. Massive hits on both sides. Big plays on both sides. 
and boneheaded coaching moves at the end of the game. Those were rookie coaching moves, and they overthought it. McAdoo's not a rookie. McAdoo is the one who calls the plays. Like Charles said, why are you running Fajardo? When you've got William Powell and a six-yard average on the game, and he was opening up holes on his own. But, yeah, okay. Thank you very much. I was literally in disbelief when they did that. Yeah. This is why This is why Craig Dickinson cannot be named Coach of the Year. It's just it's bad timing. Um, from Winnipeg's standpoint, though, they did not give up a touchdown the entire game. There's not often you can say about a Richie Hall-led defense that they don't give up a single touchdown against Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan. With the crowd as crazy as it was, the Saskatchewan defense playing very well, except for some long bombs, I think, that... um, they're going to win. I'm sure that their players will look at the film eventually and go, oh, man, our D-backs aren't as good as we thought they were because they bid on some moves that were, especially with Adams. Adams ran over them. It was fun to watch. And now Zach Caleros gets another week to learn the offense. He's still learning the offense. Mm-hmm. There's no way we win that game if Matt Nichols is the uh, starting quarterback. There's just I no don't way. even think he's in the game, let alone winning it. Even if they get into the game, there's no way they're winning it because he can't make those throws, those 25, 30 yards. He just doesn't make those. But for this game, it was without a running game. Strebler was shut right down. Harris had a four-yard average. He only had 40 yards rushing. But now we have a quarterback that can throw. And like I said earlier, I don't care about next year. He's got to do it one more game. It was a fun game to watch. It had everything in it. And it's another classic that comes out of Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Go ahead. William. Well, I'm not going to call the game a classic, but you know what? I, I think what it showed, what this game showed, was uh, the West was really close this year, and the Saskatchewan Winnipeg game today. The biggest difference, like Mark said, was Zach Kolaris. and uh, I, I think Winnipeg just wanted it more. And every single time Saskatchewan stopped Chris Strebler today because they knew exactly what he was going to do. I said to myself, how come the Stampeders didn't do that last week? Because I knew what he was going to do. All the people in the stadium knew what he was going to do, except for the Stampeders on the field. So they did shut down Strebler, and they did shut down Andrew Harris. But there's Zach Kolaris and the ball, and he can throw that ball. And I guess nobody is practicing for that right now. I'm pretty sure Hamilton is going to be very aware of Zach Kolaris next weekend, and uh, they're going to make adjustments. But if they make adjustments, then it opens up the Bombers' running game, which will kill you if you don't cover their game. So, you know what? 
I don't understand why they didn't give the ball to William Pell down in the red zone, but they didn't. And I and I think what happened is they got intimidated by Nevis and what's his name in there who plugged the middle. But this is football, man. You go man on man, and you drive the ball through the center of the the line, and you'll there's a pretty good chance you're going to score. But they decided not to do that. I don't know if it was. Uh, I I think like Bark said, these guys overthink these things sometimes, and it's still the same football it was a hundred years ago. It's man on man. You hammer the ball through the line and they decided not to do that. And they lost the game. So not much more you can say than that. Go ahead, CJ. Well, that's a fact. There's just, there's no disputing that Saskatchewan played like shit today and they didn't deserve to win. Bottom line. They were outclassed, and they didn't. They didn't play the game to win. <clears throat> Phil, are you back in here with us now? I sure am, Christopher. Go ahead, talk football. Uh, I got some strong feelings about what you just said. Uh, I think the Rough Riders did come out to play today to win. Where you got to realize that they come out with a quarterback with uh, two torn oblique muscles. And they come out with uh, a tremendous game plan on defense in particular. Uh, like Will McDonald mentioned, the uh, Calgary Stampeders wished that uh, Jason Shivers had been in their meeting rooms the week before they played the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because the Rough Riders did find a way to shut down the Bombers rushing attack. I think they rushed for something like 46 yards today. I, I, I might be wrong on that. just off the top of my head. And no, oh, it looks but, like a little bit more. But why run the ball when you have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league? And and that's well well put. Uh, uh, Zach Kalaros played an amazing game today. They didn't need the one-two punch of Chris Trevler. In fact, that, that turned out to be uh, – a no-go, actually, for the Bombers. Chris Traveler ran for 10 yards today. I think the I think in Vegas, anybody taking the under was a big winner on that one. Uh, and and so full kudos to the Rough Riders defense. However, uh, the Rough Riders offense uh, did struggle. They struggled in the red zone in particular. They uh, and kudos to the Bombers defense. They they bent, but they did not break. And and that's been the, uh, I mean that's been the uh, the hallmark of the Richie Hall defenses for uh, for fifteen or more twenty years now. Uh, so kudos to Richie Hall, uh, very uh, happy for him. Uh, but what a, what a tremendous game! I think he, the uh, mark was correct in suggesting that uh, this was a classic. And it would have been even more of a classic, considering the tip ball that uh, that went to Kyron Moore at the five yard line. It would have been even more, maybe maybe the best ever playoff game classic in the history of the CFL. If the Rough Riders, with four seconds left, had completed the next pass to Kyron Moore in the end zone uh, to to push it to overtime. 
regardless of who the winner would be. Yeah, that's about all I got. Well, other than the fact that the Rough Riders were beat, really, if you look at it, in that first quarter. When their offense couldn't get rolling, and the Winnipeg offense did roll in the first quarter. And the, they came out of the first quarter with Bombers up 10-1. to 1. Uh, The Riders uh, should have – they elected to take the ball first. You would think that uh, they would have they pushed it to the Bombers, but turnovers killed them in the first half. Uh, defense kept them in the game, and then they almost came back and won her. That's all I got. Game over. And the final score was Saskatchewan 13, Winnipeg 20. Seven-point spread. Wasn't a high-scoring game, but let's see what happened here. Uh, 20 to 24, you're out. By a bunch. Will's better than that at 27-22. Mark here, 35-20. This one's going to be a Will game. CJ picks Saskatchewan. I'm out of the picture. So, Will, you won that game. Charles won the first one. Well, I'm not sure I would call that a classic. In a, a classic game is two teams beating the shit out of each other to the very end. Not one team beating themselves. And that's kind of the way I saw this. Saskatchewan did everything they could to lose this game. They just keep right. kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over Mike again. Mike O'Shea was losing his mind on the sidelines about how the shit was happening and then sitting there totally bewildered as to why Saskatchewan didn't capitalize. It, it, it's, it, it's funny. It, it really was. I was just, I'm watching him on the sidelines. He's losing his mind over how did that guy get behind defense? How did that happen? How did this happen? And, 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 and he's right. How did, how did it happen? But then he's sitting there going, I, I don't understand how Saskatchewan doesn't capitalize. Oh, God. How about we didn't talk of no one brought it up, but that, that punt fake-out that the Riders pulled off in the fourth quarter, that was brilliant. What, were they faked out from one side to the other? Yeah, where everybody's going to one side, and the ball goes to the guy on the other side of the field, and there's nobody there because they all think the ball's going the other way. I love that. I mean, it didn't, it didn't get them anything, but I thought it was brilliant. Well, no, it was funny they did it against Winnipeg because Leggett did that to them two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they said yeah, on so, TV. Yeah, it's an amazing play when it works. It was. It was. It was. It was beautiful. It was extremely yeah. well executed. When you do something like that, you have to capitalize on it. And they did not. <laughs> and they did not. So the Great Cup they, they took 2019 a- Great Cup is set. At the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're going to do one more show, and we will get to do our predictions on that one. Uh, so let's uh, cruise around. So we talked about two football games, and it's been an hour. Wow. How can you do that? So because they're exciting say, games. Since the hour's up, before we get into the next topic, I am going to call it a night. Got to be up early again. Well, you're off being a pussy again. Jesus, Mark. Yeah, congratulations. When are you going to man up? Tell my boss to put me on a later shift. No, you tell your <laughs> boss. I have no desire to talk to your boss. 
You don't go to work <laughs> next Sunday, do you? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, you got the great cup of the yeah. offer. That's probably a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I will talk to everybody Mark. on Wednesday. Yep, thank you. Congratulations, Mark. <laughs> thank you, sir. Okay. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Okay, cheers. After a great season with the league best rating, Sergio Castillo has been released by the BC Lions. Does this mean that an NFL or XFL tryouts are likely in the works for him. Now, BC had to really talk him into coming back to play. He was done with football. He was retired. He was going to move on in his life. And uh, no, he came back and played football, had an amazing year, probably best kicker in the CFL this year. And uh, unfortunately, it was with a team that went for, for naught. And uh, so he's been released and released early out of a contract, which was only a one-year thing. Why would BC do that? It's the same reason, uh, same thing that they did with Duran Carter. They cannot be cleaning house because that makes no sense. So why would they release the number one kicker in the CFL? Charles, go ahead. BC Lions fan. I got to be honest, I'm I'm puzzled because, quite frankly, I was hoping that they were going to be able to talk to him and convince him to come back next season, because uh, he was a great he had a great season. Uh, he was one of the bright spots in the BC Lions season this year. He was a, I believe he led the CFL in um, field goal percentage. Uh, so I was actually quite surprised. I mean, even if he wasn't coming back next year. You're not saving any money by releasing him because we're well past that. You release him now, you still got to pay out the full contract. And if he is, um, you know, he doesn't want to play again, there is still no reason for him to be, um, for him to be uh, released because just let the contact contract run out. What's the difference? This is why I'm thinking that maybe he might have gotten some interest from either the NFL or the XFL, because to me, that's the only reason this makes sense. Because other than that, there's no real reason for him not to be, um, for him to be released. Because like I said, for the Lions, it doesn't cost them anything. Uh, or excuse, excuse me, not that it doesn't, but they, they, it doesn't save there's them. There's no saving. Because they, they've got to pay it out whether they release him or not. Um, I don't know. It's a puzzling move for me. The only thing I can think of is that he had, interest from either the XFL or NFL because other than that, I can't find a a good reason for this to happen. If he was retiring or he said that's it for me for the CFL, I'm not playing anymore, you don't have to make an announcement. You don't have to release him. The contract just expires, runs out, and off you go. He's got you know, three, four months to decide this, what he wants to do, decide Mm -hmm. his fate. BC has three or four months to decide whether or not they want to try to re-sign him or, or try to convince him into go re-signing him. So it's got nothing to do with that. He has to have been released. And quite honestly, you don't just release the best kicker in the CFL because you're cleaning house and, and you need to move on in different things. You don't have a better kicker that's cheaper because, nope. let's face it, Castillo came pretty cheap. And uh, I don't understand it. So it's very similar to Deron Carter. I don't understand the releasing of yeah. Deron Carter. It makes no sense at all. 
um, unless he wants to go to somewhere else. Now, Deron Carter, I understand, could have interest in the XFL. The NFL has no desire for that little on it. But um, Castillo, could a NFL team want him? Could they? You'd think somebody out there in 32 teams would need a kicker better than they have. Probably. So I'm I'm totally confused by this move. It makes no sense uh, unless they actually say something. But then, you know, two weeks or a month from now, he might be signed somewhere else. Or he might not, and we'll never know the truth. William, got any insight on this? My immediate reaction is he's a kicker. Who fucking cares? But um, he must have some outside interest. Because it makes no sense that they would release him. You know what I mean? Unless they re- unless he requested it for whatever reason. Maybe he doesn't like Ed Hervey. Maybe he wants to go with Devon Claybrooks wherever he's going. Who knows? Devon, no, no, I don't think I that that's the case. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, no. Well, I know. It just made, it makes no sense that they released him. So, <laughs> so maybe he does have some ambitions in the XFL or the NFL or the Pee Wee Minor Football League. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Phil? Anything to add to Sergio Castillo? Normally, I would have nothing to say about a kicker, but uh, I'll tell you what. In the BC Lions organization right now, there is shit being shaken out. David Braley has had a resurgent, resurgence in his health, I think, and definitely a resurgence in his interest in operating his football team. And I am thinking that he is putting the pressure on Ed Hervey to start shaping this team for next year already. And they are going to veterans who are already ready to be re-signed, who were high achievers. And they go to Sergio Castillo, and they say, listen, sit down. We want to give you a contract for next year right now and uh, get that wrapped up and get this out of the way. And Sergio Castillo maybe has had a call from more likely the XFL, and, uh, but maybe even the, some interest from the NFL, and uh, Sergio go, and his agent go, no, 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 I'm not signing right now. And Ed Hervey says, he's a kicker, he's the top kicker in the league, let's set a precedent right now. And, hey, we're going to release you, buddy, because if you don't want to deal right now, we, we don't want you with this organization. Now, that's just off the top of my head, but uh, you, with what I know what's going on with the BC Lions organization right now, I would not be surprised if uh, my rumor spreading is the truth. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> uh, I, it, it, uh, to me, it doesn't make sense me, to me. That me you're, not really, you're not making an example of anybody when you when his contract's going to expire anyways. If he had a year or two left on it, then you'd be making an example of him. But when he's going to expire anyways, that's not really making an example of it. All he can say is, I'm not going to resign, and it doesn't matter at that point. It doesn't. There's no benefit to doing that. That doesn't show anything. 
How is it showing but, and making an example of someone who's not who's not going to be back anyways? That, that, to me, that doesn't add up to me. But Charles, how many how many uh, prominent uh, BC Lion uh, free agents, or who will be free agents in February, are in the same position, and that they but, want to resign? I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand where the logic is. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, just, I, I don't see it. How would that make me Especially. sign my contract with the BC Lions? Oh, I better this, sign this quick you before wanna, they release me. Right now, this is when you want to talk to your 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 younger guys. That, in particular, with kickers, it can stretch up to older guys. You yeah. want to talk. The ones, the ones that have NFL interest, you want to talk to them right now and get that out of the way. But it doesn't matter. They have an NFL window, which we're going to talk about in a little while. So it doesn't matter if you sign them up. Right. Well, absolutely. And you want to talk about what they're going to do in the window too, right? And then this is, this is why the conversations are happening now. And then Sergio Castillo says, you know, I, I basically – got an agreement unless you can give me a contract like this, well, then I would release him. See, and, and most general managers would say, well, then you can just sit around under contract until February and stew a while. Yeah. I have no use for you, that's, but you're not going anywhere. That's more, that's more making an example of the guy, not releasing him, because then you're basically giving in to exactly what he wants. So how yeah, is that making an example of him? It's not. They, they did Let's it with make an Deron example Carter. of him. You're going to sit They're, in the corner until February 13th. They've done it with Deron Carter already as well. They've released on Deron Carter long before they needed to. That also didn't make and, sense. And, because and, who, it didn't make and who did that set an example for? Most of the team everyone were knew, cheering. Everyone knew he was going. Everybody, everybody outside of the team is paying attention, so I think everybody inside the team is paying attention. Wow. Uh, the lo- logic's lo- lost on me. I-, I don't see where that's going to make a difference. It doesn't set an example to anybody. It doesn't prove anything to anybody. All it just basically says, ah, you're stupid. I don't know. Okay. Um, Sergio Castillo has been released by the BC Lions. We'll yeah, we see what happens that. in the next little while. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what uh, Ed Hervey has to say about this. Way too much airtime spent on kickers already on this show. We've only talked about one kicker. Well, Liam Hiralahu, because he's going to burn the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're going to laugh hysterically. Okay. Today. Was it today? The Vanier... Vanier Cup was decided. The the, the teams in the Vanier Cup yesterday. was decided that uh, yesterday the Calgary yeah, Dinos and the uh, Montreal Carabins. The Carabins did what? Thirty eight nothing. They destroyed their competition. Oh my God! If this doesn't get Danny Matocha a job in the CFL, I don't know what will. Well, it's simple. He doesn't want to coach in the CFL, and I can't blame him. He's got a. He can write his own check. He can do whatever the hell he wants in Montreal. There's no criticism to him because he is winning. Why would you come to the CFL? Now, let's see. Who wants 
uh, Danny Machocha as a coach. Uh, uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, winning team right now. Favorites in the Grey Cup. Uh, uh, no, they have a coach. It's, his name's Orlando Steinau. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, he's in the CF. Oh, Danny Machocha in Winnipeg. I don't see that happening. Calgary doesn't need a coach. Oh, would he come to BC? Losers. How about Ottawa? Losers. Montreal? Eh, not much better. Toronto? Losers. No, why would you leave a, a winning organization to come to a losing team? He doesn't have to work hard in Montreal, and I bet you anything he's making more money or as good a money coaching that organization and, and, and being the president, GM, and everything else in that organization than he possibly could in the CFL. Now, I've made stupid um, predictions before saying, like, Mark Trestman's never coming back to the CFL. And what the hell? Next year he's back in the CFL. Uh, I'm going out. I'm t- saying it right now. Danny Machocha's not coming to the CFL. He's got nothing to prove. He's, he was not well-received in this league. He left with a bad taste in his mouth, and he's gone off and done something about it. Uh, proud of him. Doing a great job in Montreal. Oh, we won't see him in the CFL. What's your take on this? Uh, you follow the U football a little bit there, Charles, don't you? Uh, just in passing, not not very detailed, no. Not, but that, not that detailed. How are the Calgary Dinos doing this year? Well, they're in the Vanier Cup. They look pretty well. Yeah, they're in the Vanier Cup, guys. And the scariest thing is they are a very young team. What are they going to be like a couple of years from now? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I did watch a show uh, this week on on U Sport Football, and the predictions from all the experts were the other two teams were going to be in the Vanier Cup. Montreal was supposed to lose, and so was and so was Calgary. So, I guess those wow. guys don't know what they're talking about either. So Mark's off posting things on the Winnipeg page. Come on, Mark, go to bed. You said you were going to bed. (laughs) Yep. Um, To be honest, as far as Danny Machocha, I personally could see him in Ottawa because I think he's got somewhat of a relationship with Marcel Desjardins. I think really that's the only place I don't think he's not coming to BC. That's just not going to happen. Um, no. no. And I don't see him in the happen. Alouettes. Uh, unless maybe he goes to the Alouettes as a general manager. He's not going to go there as a coach, I don't think. I'd be, I think he'd go there as a general manager. I honestly still think Harry Jones is going to return to Montreal. Uh, you I know do not? On that. I do. I do think he's going to okay. return to Montreal. Uh, but maybe he goes there as a general manager, but... Um, I don't know. I, if he's going anywhere, uh, it'd be Ottawa. But I don't think I, – I'm kind of with you. I don't think Danny Machocha is going to end up back in the CFL because I think he's had opportunities before that he wasn't really interested in. I think he's happy right where he's in. He's got a winning program there in Montreal. He's probably getting paid pretty good money, so uh, probably a lot less pressure coaching in the CIS than it is coaching in the CFL. So. I could see him just staying where he, right where he is in Montreal, coaching there. Yeah, he's not leaving. It, it just makes too much sense. Yep. Phil, what do you think? Do you follow you sports? 
Uh, I do, but I, I uh, not very much this particular season. But I, I know where Danny Machocha is sitting right now. And uh, I, first of all, I think the CFL game within this time period is probably past Danny Machocha by. The CFL has changed a lot even since he's left big. He's successful where he is. He has job security where he is. And if Marcel Desert Dan actually were to hire him in Ottawa, this Ottawa debacle will continue for at least another season, I'm afraid. So I, I would I would be very disappointed in, in Mr. Desjardins if he even entertained the thought of hiring Danny Machocha. And as far as Montreal, not a chance to tell. That's all I got. Well, I think Danny Machocha is a, a, a very good coach, and he did well in the CFL as a coach. He sucked as a GM. It, I mean, it's kind of the same as Chris Jones. And it, it, it just he just was a terrible GM. In U sports, in, in college football, you really don't have to be a GM that much. You know, I, I don't know if it's the same. Recruiting, uh, recruiting young football players is very, very much different than signing yeah. uh, tracks and scouting in the, yeah, in the U.S. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah and, that's and, that's kind of my point. It's totally different. And and Danny Machocha did a great job of parlaying his his CFL experience into a long term job at a U Sports College. Uh, he's not going to give that up, and 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 neither should he. And he's in the right place. He's at the right time. He can sign a new contract or extension there that's going to make him very healthy and happy and. Uh, no, no, we're not going to see Danny Machocha back in the CFL. Okay. So, there you go. The Vanier Cup is set. The Grey Cup is set. And we're moving on. Taylor Loeffler wants to return for the 2020 season. Does he have anything left of the three ACL tears? This kind of is up there in the kicker category for me. Who really cares? I I, I don't think anybody does, do they? William, do you care what Taylor Loeffler does? No. No. He's been he's been injured from the day he got to the CFL. You know, he might be a household name. If he didn't get injured, because he had a very good, he had a very good start to the season in Montreal this year. He looked like he did in his first year in Winnipeg, but then he got hurt. And according to Mark, he's hurt all the time. So yeah, I mean, I don't care if he wants to sign with Montreal. Go ahead, sign with Montreal until your next next AC tear. Pretty simple, and I don't really care. He's a safety. He's a free can he's a Canadian safety. They're a dime a dozen. <sighs> yeah. So I'm just looking at a couple of posts here. It says the thirteenth man bit the riders in the ass again. Thirteenth man this time was the goalpost. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Okay, Charles Taylor Loeffler, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, former Montreal Alouette, current, is he free agent now or is he still with the Alouettes? 
I don't know. I think he's a free free agent. Well, if it's me, uh, and I'm signing uh, teams, I'm not touching Taylor Loeffler. A guy, I mean, come on, the guy's had three torn ACLs. Who's bringing him? Who's the genius that wants to bring him? To me, that makes zero sense. So, no, okay. I would not I, touch him. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's go back and ask another question. Yeah. There's a quarterback out there in the CFL that's never completed a, a, an entire season. He's been concussed four, going on five times. Would you sign him? I'd be gun shine him too. I really would. I mean, yeah, he's had a great stretch of three or four games here, no question. But like you said, he doesn't complete seasons. So I'd be very gun shy. I mean, if you're comparing the two, I would take a chance on Caleros much more before I would take a chance on a guy like Loeffler because I think Caleros is a much more bigger impact player. But I'd still be very gun-shy about taking him. With his injury, uh, especially when you're dealing with concussions, that would just scare me too. Uh, See, see the the difference here is, the difference here is, Winnipeg Blue Bombers had absolutely no choice. Oh, they didn't. Every CFL team in the league has this choice on a on a free safety. They're everywhere. So no, if they I'm, don't make the move for Zach Caleros, they, uh, they're not um, uh, they're not even uh, where they are today. No, absolutely not. Not a chance. Here, here, here's here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. Okay. I, I personally think I'm still going with the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win this, the, the Grey Cup next weekend, okay? So, and that happens. And Hamilton Tiger Cats break their Grey Cup drought, which is, what, 24 seasons or something like this? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and they break their drought and they win the Grey Cup, and yay, Orlando Steinauer's Coach of the Year, and Brandon Banks is MVP of the game, and... Yada, 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 uh, Dane Evans, Zane Evans, uh, whatever, gets signed, re-signed by Hamilton as their starter. Uh, everything makes sense. Zach Caleros leaves Winnipeg for Toronto because that's what he's going to do. Winnipeg doesn't have a quarterback that's capable of playing football over there. How many more seasons are they going to go? This is their only op- their best opportunity for a Grey Cup. If they don't win it this year, what's going to happen next year? Every other team in the in the West is going to get better. I don't know. If Winnipeg doesn't win this season, there this this drought could go on for another five years or more. They don't have a quarterback otherwise. Just, what's your thoughts on that one, Will? What did you say? <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't have a quarterback? You're a funny man. Winnipeg. Yeah, whatever. Winnipeg, they don't have a quarterback after this they season. Don't. No. So if they don't but, win the Grey Cup but, this year, when are they winning it next? You know, I'm thinking the biggest difference with the Bombers this year compared to the last couple of years is their defense came through when they should have. And but uh, there's lots of options for quarterbacks out there. I don't know 
I don't know who I would go after. I don't know if I would go after Mazzoli. I've never liked Mazzoli, to be honest with you. No, he's um, not much different than Matt Nichols. No, I'd go after Nick Arbuckle for sure. Just because I'm a homer. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's, he's unproven. No, he is unproven. And once again, I'm going to say it one more time, system or player. Okay? Yeah. I agree. But, but then we but then we got to talk about who's going to be the coach in Winnipeg next year. Okay? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, let's put it this way. Um, uh, the, the nice thing about, about Winnipeg and uh, not winning the Grey Cup in 28 seasons is they've never gotten raped in an offseason like the Calgary Stampeders have. And if they win the Grey Cup, you never know. Mike O'Shea might be gone. Uh, Paul LaPolice might be gone. Um, a number of players might be gone. And then there is that NFL window, and some of these guys actually probably think they can make it in the NFL, and uh, they'll go and try. And uh, so, yeah, the league is going to change once again. The league changes every year. That's the neat part about the CFL. Yeah, so, one t- at least one team gets bent over the barrel. I mean, when was the last time we had a repeat? Wasn't that in the 90s? 2010. 2010. Montreal was. Yeah, Montreal. Montreal, Montreal. okay. Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a repeat. Yeah. Yeah, 2009, 2010, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 2009 Grey Cup. Yeah. And the funniest Great part about that, they also re- oh, they repeated the team they beat, too. They beat the same team twice in a row. 2009 doesn't exist. They actually wiped it from the CFL uh, archives. No, just you. I'm looking on the <laughs> website right now. It's right there. It's right there. Oh, I, I, I can't can see it. See it. I, I've been there. I can't see it. I looked. I checked. I can't see it. Must be really difficult living in your world. Oh boy, Actually, I, I just got a, not. <laughs> I I just got an email from my best friend in Winnipeg, and he bought us tickets to the Team Manitoba Festival on Friday afternoon. Oh, I am so excited! <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Will, you're going to have to buy uh, a, a bunch more club seats from your company there for this great cup because you got friends all across the country. If you bought me a ticket, I'd probably go. I'm they're not, they're not, trust me, they're not coming. I mean, my buddy planned for this and I heard from a couple of people already and it's like, how do, we can't really get airplane tickets. How do we get there? And I'm like, get in your fucking car and drive 14 hours. I don't know. All the road. They could. Take they can the drive bus. to Regina and there's the lots bus. of canceled flights out of there. <laughs> yeah, you'd think there would be. <laughs> there's a lot of rider fans like Kelly Bale who are betting serious money that it was over. Oh my good lord! Wasn't this about Taylor Loeffler? 
Yeah, we, we we moved on from Taylor Loeffler long ago. Do you want to talk about Taylor him? Taylor Loeffler's Go ahead. boring. Go ahead. Taylor Loeffler's boring. You can boring. talk about him, Phil. I'll talk about him for a second. Okay, he's, well, a, okay, he's go a, ahead. an oft-injured and long-injured Canadian safety, but so were, were Jeff Hecht, and and uh, so was Mike Edom. And Mike Edom might have been might have been in the top two safeties in the CFL in 2018, and and not far off it again in 2019. Yawn. Canadian safeties can take a year off. They've proven that. Uh, Suter took a year off, if I remember right, from a severe injury. And, and Taylor Loeffler is a—he's a cover safety, as far as I remember. He's not a—he's not a hitting safety like a like a, a Hecht or an no, Edom's kind of in between. He's a—he's a hitting safety, Phil. Do you watch the CFL? Yeah, yeah, but Adam is Adam's a hitting safety, but he's fast, and I—I I, and I remember Taylor Loeffler being fast as well, and and uh, and Adam is—he's looked good in cover as well. Where have you been, Phil? Can't, or uh, CJ and and Mark have been having an argument about Taylor Loeffler for about three years now. Okay, it has been since the 2016 Western semifinal when Loeffler hit Manny Arsenal in the end zone. Oh, Jesus! If I had those kind of arguments with CJ, I'd be talking about his defensive end who knocked my quarterback Zach Caleros out of the friggin' playoffs last year in the last regular season game with a violent, illegal hit. And I've never brought that up, just saying. Well, the reason you never brought it up is because he hit him with his shoulder, not his helmet. Watch the video. It was a head hit. Okay. Can we move on from Taylor Loeffler? Because nobody yeah. cares about him. Okay, the next segment here we have Wally Buono has been retained as an advisor for the Montreal Alouettes in their GM search. Is there any chance the GM could end up being Wally himself? And if no, who might be? Okay. There's the hope in hell of Wally Buono being the GM in Montreal. If he wanted to be the GM in Vancouver, he would still be the GM in Vancouver. He lives in Vancouver. He lives in South Surrey. He's got a cabin up the Sunshine Coast. He is not moving away from the Lower Mainland. Fact. All his family lives here. Fact. He's not moving away. End of story. End of discussion. He has been hired as an advisor by the league which is hilarious, but that's okay. So Wally Buono's getting a paycheck to sit at home and say, they're going to come with him to a, this, this GM. This is who we want for the GM. Wally's going to go look at him and go, okay. are you okay. nuts? Are you idiots? No, don't hire him. Bring me back another one. So they bring back another one. And they bring back about 14 of these things, and then Wally finally says, yeah, well, Number six and number eight are the closest you've brought me so far. Where's my check? (laughs) 
And that's that's about advising on the GM role. I mean, he's not going to leave his living room in South Surrey. It's not going to happen. Is he going to go back east and, and, and interview people? I doubt it. So if Wally's not going to be the GM in uh, Montreal and he's consulting on this or advising, advising, I don't know if he's consulting. I don't know what the difference is, but I do know what the difference between an advisor and a consultant is. But um, – who is going to be the GM in Montreal? I don't know. Who could it be? Jim Pop? No, they've done that one already. No, didn't work. Didn't work there. so well. Not didn't happen. work so well. You know who it should be? I know who it should be. Charles, who do you think it should be? Oh, in Montreal. Hmm. Um, hmm. good question. I honestly don't know who it should be. You don't? No. Okay, Phil, who should the GM in Montreal be? Any ideas? <laughs> as long as no one says Brendan Talman, I, I don't care. You know what? I do have an idea. I would say Eric Tillman. Joe Max over there right now. Could it be him? William, who do you think is going to be the GM in Montreal? Well, CJ, have do you know Wally? If you saw Wally, would he know who you were? Yes. Could you phone him and, and drop my name, please? No. You can't I speak you were French. A friend. I am who a friend. Cares? Who cares? Why do you want to be the GM of the the Alouette? I want to no, be really. the GM of a football team. Because Hull won't your retire. Age, well, at your age, if you move to the West Coast, your your joints will all start to tighten up. You mean the East Coast, right? No, West Coast. Uh, I thought, sorry, I thought Montreal. Montreal. We're Montreal talking about Montreal Alouette right now. Oh, Montreal. You oh, know where same, Montreal same, is, same, Bill? Same. Mont- yeah, Montreal sorry. is yeah, same. It's on the same lines. Yeah, and yeah, same Same thing out there, Will. It's the same thing for you. You got to stay here where it's dry in Calgary. Okay, fine. <laughs> the lakes out there, or um, the rivers out there, freeze. You know that, right? Well, I would have said, I would have said for GM, I would have said, uh, what's his name? Come on. Ooh, where did he go? He's somewhere now already. <laughs> oh, I, w- I would have said I the guy this. in Toronto, Joe Murphy, Murphy Jr., whatever the fuck his name is. John Murphy? Okay, but he's John Murphy, but he's in Toronto, so he's in Toronto good, now. So Good selection by Toronto. Very smart move by MLSC to hire John Murphy. And they paid him the How big about, bucks. How about uh, isn't what's his name in the Stampeders organization? Um, John Huffnagel's son, I think he is. He's been a scout for many years. So too soon. Okay. So you 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 want to know who I think it should be? Sure. Marcel Desjardins, because I don't know how the, he hasn't got this fucking ass fired out of Ottawa yet. Because he throws people under the bus. He's not going to get another CF. 
there's a pretty good chance with Marcel Desjardins. Who who owns the Ottawa Red Blacks? Jeff Hunt, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Jeff Hunt? I'm yeah. sure Marcel's got a. I'm sure Marcel's got a video of Jeff Hunt fucking a goat. Did I say that out loud? Whoops, sorry. You did. You did. You did. He's got to have something. You you're not denying it though, are you? Well, I don't know about a goat, but I would have said he had, at least had a good pair of knee pads. But he's kind of in uh, the same spot that we were all talking about with Cavis Reed last year. But why he still got a job? Because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we don't know why he still got a job. It does beg the question of what what does Ottawa's ownership? What kind of input do they have into the the uh, pre twenty nineteen season decisions? And what is their commitment to the CFL going forward? And the Ottawa Red Blacks. So here's my question. He seems to be really popular. Why don't you make Kahari Jones the general manager as well? Oh, I'm not sure he has experience in the contacts for that. Will? You never know. We do know that in in, uh, Hamilton, that uh, Coach O, Orlando Steinauer, he does uh, have those contacts in the U.S. and with the colleges, but I, I, I don't think Kahari Jones is nearly on that level. Like I am Although, predicting that one hey, day CJ, Orlando Steinauer will be a, a general manager in this league. Hey, CJ, how about Kent Austin? That's a possibility. No, it's not. You don't no. think so? No. No. He's gone. He's down in the NCAA. He's probably making more money than he could in the CFL. And he he, he got laughed out of this league. Why would you come back for more humiliation? He's not emotionally stable enough. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see it. I think he's Eric Thomas might be a good chance. I mean, he's good at rebuilding teams. He's shown it more than uh, once. Absolutely, Charles. Yeah. <sighs> Seriously. I don't know. I mean, is it somebody new that's going to get it, or is it somebody that we're going to recycle? Is it Joe Mack? I, you know, Joe Mack's got to be the uh, – Odds-on favorite here. Well, I mean, Don't he already think? has the job. He he literally has got the interim t- title right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you got to go with the success they've had. Good point, Christopher. Okay. I mean, but but seriously. I mean, if if that's the case, if that seriously, if that's the case, why did they hire Wally? So Wally's well, going to well, go out there and say, "Well, you know, you got Joe Mack. Why don't you just keep him? Where's my check?" 
first of all, is this going to be a league decision or is this going to be a new ownership decision? And that that changes the, you know, the perspective completely. Well, it depends if they get a new owner and finally figure that out because we've been hearing, uh, we've been hearing since before the season started that they're close to a new owner, but they're always close, but they never have anything finalized. Guess what, Charles? What? There's also we also heard it's gonna be it's gonna be close to get a team in Halifax. Okay. Yeah, good point. There would already be a team in Halifax. It's just that Christopher Jones lives on the wrong fucking coast because he wants to buy a team. Yeah, but I wouldn't buy that team. No. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And I don't want to buy a football team. Okay, I don't like oh, seriously, I don't want to buy a football team. 30 years ago you could have done it for 3 million dollars. I want to buy the BC Lions, but not just any football team, okay? Well, actually, thanks for putting that in perspective because the BC Lions in 2019 weren't a football team. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. How about, here's one, here's one, and he's got contacts. How about, you ready? Just putting it out there, Jim Barker. Mm. That's actually an interesting one, and he's been in Montreal before. That's and not he's a in bad, Hamilton right actually, now. That's actually not a bad suggestion. You know, Will, I, I always discounted Jim Barker because he's such a terrible interview because of his, his soft voice. But uh, I was looking at something today about his coaching tree underneath him and what's happened since the 2012 Grey Cup that the Toronto Argonauts won. And it's phenomenal. There's like four coaches around the league, head coaches around the league, uh, including Chris Jones uh-huh. from last year, who were on that squad, who were coaches on that squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, wh- who is it going to be? Any yeah, any I, consensus? I who do you think it's going to be? Huh. You got me thinking uh, about um, Jim Barker. I hadn't thought of that previously, but that actually does make sense. So here's a question for you. If four bozos sitting on a podcast can come up with this, why do they need to hire Wally Buono? All they have to do is listen to the Let's Talk CFL podcast, and there you go. Yeah, well, because up. Wally, Wally knows football. We don't. Okay, maybe that's why. And I, and I and I think they've hired a consultant because the CFL doesn't want to be involved with that process, even though they are running the team right now. That's probably why they've done it that way. And Wally can make some extra greenbacks. Well, yeah, I, I understand that. 
I just, it just blows me away. Okay, moving on. I'd like to say we're running out of time, but we're not. And we're running out of subject matter. Um, Bakari Grant retires. How will he be remembered as a receiver? Who cares? I don't don't care. He was a whore. He moves around the league. Have, have, have cleats will travel. I've always liked Kahari Jones or Bakari Bakari Grant. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, I I liked him when he was in Calgary and I don't know why Calgary got rid of him. Um, I liked you. I thought he was a great possession receiver, and I mean, but he retired, and thank God he retired, and he retired now and not five years from now, because we'd all be saying, "Who was Bakari Grant?" So, yeah, he was a good player. It's that simple. Apparently, he's got some business ventures in uh, California that are doing quite well. And that's why he didn't even make an effort to play this year. So. Go ahead, Kari Grant. That's an interesting subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enthralled. Uh, I've been trying to find what I could. Okay. We only did a show like three days ago. <laughs> there wasn't a well, lot of Well, wait, uh, we didn't, we didn't talk about... We didn't talk about Dave Dickinson and his uh, flapping yeah, of the lips about, the, about we, the NFL. Uh, no, thing. we missed that completely. We didn't really completely. go into depth about that. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We forgot. I, I, I missed that. That's, that's okay, let's finish up with Pakari Grant. We got to finish up with Pakari Grant. Okay. So, what what's your deal there, Charles? What do you think? Uh, he was a good receiver. I always thought he was great, and good luck to him. Okay, bye-bye now? There's not a lot more to say. What? Bye-bye now? I guess bye-bye. so. I mean, he was a great receiver, but he did move around a lot. But he was definitely um, a, a reliable receiver, good receiver, and uh, when he did play. He went to Saskatchewan for a year. He's dead to me. Yeah, I kind of understand that. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back and deal with segment four, which we just skipped. Segment three, which we just I skipped right over. My fault. Not my bad. Dave Dickinson does not like the NFL free agency window. Is he right, or does the window make sense? Dave Dickinson, you're a whiner. Okay, I have no other response to this, but you're a whiner. Why would you hold back somebody from trying to make their life better? Okay? I I don't understand this. And you're you're upset that your team got raped and pillaged last year, and I understand that because your team kind of sucked this year. But why why would you come out and say this? This is just so petty. Uh, you know, I really kept I I really put you a little bit higher on the on the ethics or morals or, or whatever, a logical platform than, than this is. This is just straight out and out whining to me. I, I don't know what to say about it. Charles, what do you think? 
Does he have a point? Uh, no, it's Dave Dickinson. He loves to whine and complain about every little thing. He does the same things during um, during games too. That every call, every time the camera goes to him, he seems to be yelling about something. But uh, you're right. I mean, guys deserve a chance. If they, I know they're players and contracts and blah 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 blah. If a guy has a chance to uh, better himself and better his family, why do we want to keep that from him? It really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know what? Let the guys have their shot. Um, yeah, you're going to lose some players. Guess what? It happens to all teams. And all teams have to deal with it. So don't sit there complaining like it only happens to you because it doesn't, even though you try and pass it off that it does. Uh, he's just kind of complaining. I don't know where he's at with this one, but it, it, it makes him sound. It just makes him sound petty and childish. Is what it does. Just him complaining about nothing because he doesn't like it. So what? Okay, Phil, go ahead and talk about Dave. Oh, I got a lot to say about Dave. Uh oh. Okay, ten thousand words or less. Let's go. I noticed in the 2018 season, or maybe 2017 season, uh, on the mic'd up games, that Dave Dickinson talks to Bo Levi Mitchell right up to the snap of the ball. Every play. Right up to the snap. And I've listened in on the other eight CFL teams, and except for in an emergency situation, when there needs to be a, uh, a call change at the line, I don't see that from any other team. And that, that shows me right away that Dave Dickinson is still thinks he's the quarterback behind that line on every single play. And I, I love that determination and that competitiveness out of him. Yet at the same time, some of the pettiness and the – the, I mean, in particular, the yellow flags for the contact downfield back when it was called a little bit differently and the way he took advantage of things, uh, just it, it disgusts me because it was taken away from the CFL game, and I'm glad the league cracked down on that and changed, adjusted the rules even mid-season uh, to take away that Dickinson advantage. That said, uh, his brother Craig Dickinson, of course, is a much more likable guy. But uh, Craig Dickinson doesn't have the just not as smart sideline right? presence. Doesn't have nearly the sideline presence of, of Dave, right? And that showed a lot tonight. Uh, not never being a starting quarterback, never going through the training, and never having Huff in his ear day after day. And I swear, Huff Nagel, I, I don't, I don't know if this is a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if Huff has a has a speaker right down to. Dave's year, although I think that might not be a, a, a legal CFL thing, but it, it almost seems like it. He certainly has it daily. And uh, I, I know I'm being too hard on the Stamps organization, um, and that, uh, that's all I want to see. Hmm. William. Dave Dickinson. I'd like to announce, like to announce live on the podcast that, that – uh, Phil Miller is a putz. Um, what? The, <laughs> I Dave don't think Dickinson you can do that. Was the, 
Dave Dickinson was the only guy who took advantage of the way they called pass defense and and interfering with receivers before they changed it. Give me a fucking break. Everybody took advantage of that. They went shopping on every play. Anyway, he, he took advantage of it more than anyone else, and he had a more successful oh system. He had a better you have, spotter. Do you have those facts, Phil? Can you give me numbers on how he many had times a better he spotter. took advantage could go back. over everybody else? Give me a break, man. That's just a bunch. I don't know. Of I think Wally Bonner was pretty high was, on that list. Anyway, anyways, he talking about Dave Dickinson, all Dave Dickinson said was that we should have a little pride in our league. And letting these guys get out of contracts in the middle of their contracts doesn't make sense. I don't necessarily disagree with them. I know it's something we have to do in order to attract these guys. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I'd love it if they would promote this league more and not keep on thinking that we were in, we're an inferior league. We are an inferior league as far as money goes. But I don't disagree with anything he said. William, I don't I don't disagree with that particular statement at all. In fact, I agree with it wholeheartedly. And I, I Dave Dickinson uh, is because he loves the CFL and he makes his his living in the CFL. He's got the best interests of the CFL in heart. And uh, I, I I absolutely agree with the statement. I I would always more or less just taking advantage of the opportunity to expound on how much I hate Dave Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you know what? When you're on top of the mountain, people want to bring you down. That's what it comes down to. And does Dave Dickinson whine? Maybe he does. And does Dave Dickinson talk to Bo Levi? Yeah, absolutely he does. Because you're going to let the inmates run the asylum? I don't think so. He, so. Okay. He's a good head coach, good offensive coordinator, and a great quarterbacks coach. And this is what I was trying to trying to point out when when I when I stated that that uh, in the mic'd up games that he literally talks to Bo Levi right up to the snap. And no one else, no other coordinator or no other – and it's not, it's not just the coordinators and the head coaches have an opportunity to do that. It's also the uh, quarterback's coach. That's why when, when Cody Fajardo took that uh, five-yard penalty for uh, the time count today, it wasn't on him. There was three other people watching that who were in his ear. That, and another thing I got going on Facebook, just an argument I got going on. Okay. DJ, have you Are given you up on our conversation? You're not talking at all. Who? Charles? You. You know, me? What? No. no I've been I said, CJ. I'm, I'm letting it happen. Interestingly, TSN had cut to Stephen McAdoo just in between those plays, and Stephen McAdoo looked like he noticed it because he turned to someone beside him and said something, and uh, that was the play where they got the time count violation. And you know, it, I guess I guess the stage was a little bit too big for Stephen Maxey today, who has taken a lot of heat for his calls. But uh, uh, you know, today he just the stage was too big for him. It was too too big for Coach Craig a couple times as well. 
And the Coach Craig is a rookie, but Stephen Mack, who really probably shouldn't have fell to that, even though he makes pr- good previous game plans, uh, his on-the-field sideline uh, performance was actually kind of weak today. When you give the ball to a guy with two torn muscles in his back on the one-yard line, instead of the number two rusher in the CFL, he deserves to be criticized. I agree with that, Charles. I agree with that, Charles. It's hard to argue that one. Yeah, it was because of that blown play by the by the short yardage quarterback there, Bennett, earlier in the, in the game that also, he was kind of being reprimanded and sat stupid. down for that. And that's why Cody was left in. Why are you doing <laughs> that? That, that, was, that one really annoyed me too. Why are you trying like razzle dazzle trickery there? Give the damn guy the ball and let him run straight forward. You're at the two yard line and you were running out on time and oh let's do this. Weird little handoff fake. Don't screw around with it down there. Not at that point of the game. I'm, I'm with you, Charles, but, you know, the, the Riders had, had uh, missed a third and two and a third and one in, in recent weeks. And uh, so they over, like like they've been accused of, they, they, they outthought themselves tonight in play no calling. And, and it cost them. And they shouldn't even been in the game. It's just their defense was so good tonight. <coughs> so I think we can all agree that Saskatchewan Rough Riders had the best defense of the 2019 season. Who's going to agree with that? No. The best defense well, do you in agree, the CFL with that? No. Come on, gentlemen. You're 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 not being pragmatic enough, and you're not you're not thinking about this enough. I don't know. The best defense in the CFL is going to be the one that wins the Grey Cup. That's sure looking like the Hamilton, the Hamilton Tiger Hamilton Tiger Cats. All right, Will Stephen may possibly be true because of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They they they've got a solid defense. Winnipeg has a pretty solid secondary, though, considering how many. Uh, you, does anybody realize that uh, Winnipeg? Their, their average per game, I forget what, what it is, but it's just, I think it's a CFL, a recent CFL record for uh, defended passes. And as a watcher of the secondary, I, I always I find that impressive. Uh, Charles, he's kind of our expert on that, but uh, but you can confirm that. About which? Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers hold the CFL, uh, the, the top team in the CFL this season and hold a, CF, a recent CFL record for defended passes per game. I believe that's correct, but I'm not 100% in other words, sure. Knockdowns in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't believe knockdowns at the line count, count on that. So I guess tomorrow I'm going to have to go out in Calgary and see if I can find a Winnipeg Blue Bombers t-shirt or something. Well, you can't go get a Winnipeg Blue Bombers jersey because you don't have a Saskatchewan or the Calgary Stampeders jersey, and they're your team. Yeah, I would never but spend money on a jersey because those guys go away too fast. Right. Well, so, that, you don't have to get one with a player's name on it. Uh, I never do. do a blank one so, like I got. And, and I mean, and I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell doesn't. Bo Levi Mitchell doesn't wear a triple XL jersey, so I couldn't buy one from him for him. Okay, so. You can't wait 29 years between buying jerseys. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not. I don't buy jerseys. 
I got lots of NFL jerseys, but I got like real NFL jerseys. It's amazing what you can find in South Korea that they charge five hundred bucks for in Canada for for twenty five. So, yeah, online. Well, no, my stepson lived in South Korea, so he brought me back oh, okay. to two authentic Steeler jerseys. I have Jack Lambert and I have uh, Mean Joe Green, my two mm-hmm. favorite players of all time. So, authentic jerseys made in Thailand. Yes, sir. So. Authentic jerseys made in North South Korea. Anyways, but, I was gonna say, whatever you know, the, you know that the person that uh, made made that jersey probably got eight cents an hour. But uh, I no, digress. probably, I'm thinking like twenty five cents an hour. Okay, maybe. He's uh, one of the guys that got the raise. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I think I have a bomber's hat somewhere in my house. I'll have to dig it out. You yeah. <laughs> But I don't wear hats, so. Whoa. There's a bomber's hat buried in your basement. No fucking wonder the Stampeders lost the Western semifinal. Well, yeah, but the the reason I bought that hat, it was unique. You know how it was unique? It had a bottle or bottle opener on the brim. Okay, so. <laughs> All hats made in Winnipeg have a bottle of brown. It was a novelty item, okay? I bought it way back when I still thought I was a Bomber fan. So, But I guess I'm going to have to cheer for the Bombers because my buddy will be mad at me if I don't. So, Mind you, my sales rep from uh, Ancaster told me he was sending me a Hamilton jersey this week, so we'll see if it shows up. Hmm. Which, which would you wear? Would you wear a Hamilton jersey? I do. I do like black and gold. Uh, I think it kind of fits me. So, and and maybe I would wear it just to piss my buddy off, start a conversation, right? Yeah, you could sit right beside him at the stadium. Because I'm sure he has a snowmobile suit from the Bombers. Who knows? Who knows? I guess I'll find out this week. But he's going to show up. I haven't told him it's going to be four on game day, so. Wow. I love this. David Knott, our dear friend David Knott from the Let's Talk Toronto Argonauts page. uh, Yes. Really comes up with some controversial things right now. Oh. The podcast is over. Uh, he put up a thing. Who will win the 107th Grey Cup? Is it Toronto's next QB and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? <laughs> or our hated rivals, the Ticats? I heard that. I sort of saw that earlier. Okay, that, that's hilarious. But uh, Blog Talk Bitch just told me to shut up and uh, close off the show, so I'm about to do that. Uh, she's going to okay. come out and yell at me in a second here. No, okay, let's do it. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 413. I mean, your host, Christopher Jones, and we've thought to talk to, talk about football, CFL football, playoff football. The finals are over. The Grey Cup is coming. We got to piss off Phil. We got to yell at Mark. Uh, it's been pretty much a great day for everything here. Uh, what, what is it that guy, 
who is Ice T or whoever it is driving down the the road in that car, and he looks at it and the riders lose today. Today was a great day. Uh, anyhow, okay, gonna go around the board. Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We will talk to you this week when we preview the Grey Cup. Yeah, I don't know what day it might be. Thursday could be Friday. Might even be Saturday. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's supposed to be Wednesday. Just depends on what's happening in my life. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Great movie. Uh, Phil, say goodbye real fast. Ten seconds. I gotta good night, real. everybody. Good night, everybody. Will, uh, Zach Claros in the Great well, Cup, just like a prediction. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Go everybody. Well.